Hello, and welcome to Pineapple Politics. My name is Jacob Knapp. I'm here with my brother. Ben, can you introduce yourself? Ben Knapp, checking in from the apocalypse. Okay. I love it. So, uh, I love it. I just came up with that. Really? It took you mm -hmm. 40 seconds. Okay. So, Ben, you're my brother. I am. Or so they tell me. Ben, what are our qualifications for having our own podcast? We have absolutely no qualifications. I have no qualifications, and you have no qualifications. But I did come up with a good reason for doing our podcast. But first, I want to throw it to you. Do you have a good reason for doing our podcast? Yeah, because we're going to save society. We're starting with this. It's part of our three-point three plan to save society. Okay, people don't know our dynamic yet, but that actually is my reason, honestly. Ben's kind of the sarcastic asshole to my idealistic, thoughtful, humanitarian perspective. Would you say that's accurate? I wouldn't say that's accurate, per se. I would say that I, I'm definitely, I'm the realist here. I'm the one keeping it real for all our folks out there. You, I wouldn't call you the, wouldn't call you the, it's like you're a dreamer crossed. Shout out to the Dream Act. With a gullible neo-liberal. How about that? It's not great. It's I'd say fine. you have all the idealism of a liberal and all it's the shitty politics insulting. of a neoliberal. How about that? All bundled up into one incoherent mass of strange identity politics. All right. Well, that wasn't even an intro. That was just insulting me. So <laughs> tell the people about yourself, Ben. Tell people about myself. All right. Well, I am a student, a scholar. An activist and a dreamer. You're I, uh, two I of live, those things. Two of those things being student and scholar, which mean the same uh, thing. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't call myself a scholar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're one of those things. Um, I'm a fighter, a believer, a friend to those. You're a joker. You're a smoker. You're a midnight toker. You play. All right. Well, that was my fault for asking you to introduce yourself. Ben uh, is a bioengineering student at Tulane in New Orleans, Louisiana. I am a creative writing student in New York City at the New School. Um, we are both in our early 20s. And our qualifications for doing this podcast are few. I did serve as the Senate page for Bernie Sanders, but I do have and, a real reason. Wait, wait, wait. And I, yes, Jacob was... He was a little unclear. He was the Senate page to Bernie Sanders in 2010, maybe. So he's yeah. a Bernie Sanders hipster. I was part of a prestigious local political activist group in my hometown called Brattleboro Common Sense. Were they prestigious then? Very prestigious. Were they crazy many people? Prestigious then? things like lowering the voting age to 16, in which I wrote a beautiful essay. It was a nice essay, and it's an interesting topic. But uh, I'm just going to dig a little deeper on this question you haven't answered. Were they prestigious, Ben, or were they, they were, crazy? They, they were deeply prestigious. And by deeply prestigious, I mean they were two crazy people who harassed Town Hall. But let's continue. People don't care about Brattleboro Common Sense. I have very few political qualifications. I've been to a few college Democratic meetings, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've, I've seen a few protests in my time, but uh, beyond okay. that, I bring a millennial perspective. We do bring our own irreverent perspective. But the real reason that I think that I want to do this podcast is because you're the one I talk about politics with, and we both consume a huge amount of 
political media. Too much. Far way too much. too much. We spend way, too, way much. too much time. And to the rest of America's credit, about 95 to 98% of them, sounds about right, do not. Smart enough not to. Yeah. Yeah. But I want it to be worth something. All of this time that I spend on the internet, collating all this information, building informed opinions, ranting with bozos on Twitter is just not doing it for me. So I it want to be able to bring that information and bring that perspective that comes from reading a lot and learning a lot to other people. And it will make me feel better about myself, which is what people this is really who are about. smarter than us and who actually do real things right. and don't spend so much time consuming all the bullshit that we consume. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a good idea. I want to save this country. That's what I want to do. I want to okay. save this country because we are heading down the path of disaster. So. Well, with that in mind, what we're going to do with this long-running I also want to say, I want to say, there is not a millennial perspective speaking right now. It's not, not a reasonable millennial perspective. Are, like, the, the influence the that millennials Turks have in politics the young Turks goes, no, are further, reasonable millennial goes no further than Jezebel. It goes no further than Jezebel. We need more than Jezebel. You didn't, okay? you didn't jump on my young Turk softball. Or young Turks. Oh, Jesus. Or young Turks. We are not. We are the young Turks, but good. That's what we are. All right. And I, being that 99% of our, our listener base would probably love the Young Turks, I should not insult them. No, we're going to insult the Young Turks because authenticity, that's the number one thing here. And neither of us like them very much. The Young Turks, we're, we're the Young Turks, but actually good. All right. Actually smart, actually informed, and actually able to save America. And that maybe, is maybe open to, to looking what's out there to building an informed, investigative uh, perspective. Like the Young Turks who would not shout down somebody who disagrees with them in anger for having the nerve of disagreeing with them. That is what the Young Turks How are. How dare you say that, Ben? <laughs> oh, okay. Jesus, they're so bad. All right, let's continue. Really corny. I apologize. All right, let me, let me rephrase. Every millennial voice that exists out there in the political conversation from Tammy Laren an idiot. to to the Young Turks, to Jezebel, is terrible. There so it is. we are making it, we are making millennial, it's great again. That's what we're doing. All right, okay. let's continue. I feel like those, need are good, those are two we're good reasons. We're going to need to edit that out, stat. <laughs> no, that's staying in. That's absolutely staying in. There's another <laughs> thing that before we get into a recap of the news of the day, which I think is going to be one of our focuses here at Pineapple Politics, I first want to make it clear to our listeners at home, that just because we're called pineapple politics, we are not swingers. There's a whole story about this. <laughs> <laughs> to begin with, okay. probably 99% of people don't know what swingers means. So, right. Well, I, let's, inform, let's inform the people then. Okay, what is swingers I didn't mean? know this. I did not know this. I you had know no idea. know what swingers were. I, I mean, I'd heard the term before, but it didn't connect in my mind. I thought swingers were the women who in 19, like the 1920s had like bobs and drank and like were carefree and, you know, like wore short dresses, but those, those were flappers. Yeah. I, thought, I, thought, I thought that was swingers. Swingers are people who trade their spouses. So yes. they're married. And married been for like 60 years. Most people really do know what that is, Ben. No, people don't know what this is. Nobody knows what this is. All right. All right. They're people who trade their spouses. And we'll throw a I didn't up. realize, but my my avatar on Twitter was a pineapple. 
and some woman that I was arguing with on Twitter, which yes, that is that is things we do is argue with random women on Twitter. Anyway, she was like someone from Utah. We're doing this podcast for self growth mostly. <laughs> Okay, you're arguing with a woman on Twitter. So I was arguing with some woman from Utah on Twitter, of course. And then she was like, you know, this is like at the near the end of the argument where, you know, you've reached this sort of weird, like, personal space where you now sort of know this person, even though you've been arguing with them and you don't hate them anymore. And, like, it's just, it's just weird. One of those arguments, sure. It's always like, weird. She was reasonable, but not that reasonable. Yeah, like weird. It got weird at the end, but then it got really weird at the end, where she was like, "So I have to ask, you know, judging." She had to ask. She had to ask, judging from your avatar, are you a swinger? And I was like, "Well, it's not the 1920s, and I'm not a woman with a bob, so no." I'm you a, oh, missed my that one. A bob is a hairdo from the past. Nobody's going to know this. A bob Everybody is, knows what a bob is. Nobody knows what a bob is. Oh, this is the thing. You don't understand the depths of what, what well, we're, we're, don't know. We're going to get to the conversation about actual politics, and you're just going to blow through everything without explaining it. But please, <laughs> tell us what a bob is. It's when you, like, you like poof your hair, like it bangs up. I don't know. It looks weird. People used to do it. I'm not sure. This podcast, not about haircuts. All right. No, this, is not, this is not where this podcast should be going. So she was like, are you a swinger? And I was like, well, no. Like, is that the women? And she's like, no, it's people who trade spouses. And I was like, no, does a pine, is that what a pineapple means? Because I, at that point, I managed to figure out that that was what the pineapple meant. She was like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, no. Hey, no. <laughs> Crazy woman from Utah. I mean, oh, I, it's I so much off. better because the first thing you said was, no, I'm not a woman from the 1920s. <laughs> she and must me, have just been like, you what are, the fuck is this person talking about? You are about? in for a surprise when your husband gets my spouse. <laughs> All right. Also, Ben is gay. <laughs> All right. She obviously was so deeply impressed by my intellect that she wanted to swap passes with Well, me. I think that if the person you're arguing with asks to fuck you, you've won the argument. Right? I thought so, too. Yeah. Clearly, I had impressed her. Although she's probably thirsty as fuck because she's like an at-home mom living in Utah. She's probably only ever had sex with one man other than the people she swings with. And like... Yeah, I feel like I, I, I understand. I don't really mean to. I don't mean to shame her. Start out there for a Mormon. That is not a Utah. That is not a Utah accent. It was it was Midwestern. I live in New York City. I don't have to know where other states are. I'm not making myself sound very informed. Utah is a beautiful state. I have been to it. It is one of the most gorgeous places on the earth. Okay. The people are lovely. And if you're a swinger, apparently it's a great place to go. Let's continue. <laughs> I was thinking of a name. I was thinking of a name. Which what is was it? The Law of Resistance Podcast or Viva Law Resistance Podcast or The Resistance Podcast or... I don't know, I was just trying to get in that good okay, resistance you can't one. keep taking the word resistance and using it ironically. No, it's not ironic. It's just you have that good resistance money. Ben, you're, you not, get those you're not the resistance. You gotta get those resistant dollars. If Nira Tandon can call herself the resistance, I think we can call ourselves the resistance. Thank you. Who is Nira Tandon then? You don't know who Nira Tandon is? No. She came out of the Podesta leaks with sort of fame for being incredibly honest. Like saying the person, she had emailed somebody saying the person, uh, Cheryl Mills, should be tarred and feathered for letting Hillary Clinton use a I remember that. Yeah. 
Who is the guy who was sending her unasked for advice a lot? Uh, Blumenthal. Blumenthal. <laughs> I was thinking Simon Wiesenthal. And Simon Wiesenthal is an Austrian Nazi hunter who was a Holocaust survivor. And All right, that's not what we should be starting with. I was about to say that, but that's okay. All right. So for our inaugural podcast, what do you want to start talking about? I mean, I wanted to start talking about the DNC. That actually works perfectly, because my next question is, it should have been Ellison! We need to cry. Do you want me to try that? Yeah. Oh, God! Oh, God! Why wasn't it Ellison? Oh, Lord, save me! It should have been Ellison! Why wasn't it Ellison? Oh, oh God! It should have been world. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. About it should have been Bernie, then it should have been Allison. But um, we can talk about Allison. Well, here's the thing: I'm not going to make fun of people for it should have been Bernie because President of the United States matters. But I'm stealing your thunder. This is Ben and Jacob save the DNC. DNC, listen closely. If you do everything we tell you to do, yeah, just maybe, just maybe you'll make it out of this alive. All right. Ben and Jacob save the DNC. So All right. here's the thing about the show. I have us. a solution to the DNC. What's yours? I'm about to get into it. Okay. Don't be snarky with me. Don't give me your salt. Just, all right. What's your solution to the DNC, Ben? The DNC, let's explain to our listeners. The DNC is the Democratic National Committee. But by the DNC, I'm just really talking about the Democrats generally. So we'll talk about the DNC specifically. The General Democratic National Committee, which many of you probably know as the way in which Debbie Wasserman Schultz interfered with the Democratic Senate. But beyond that, it's basically just a fundraising tool for the Democrats. Um, They send you these obnoxious emails that you probably delete. If you're and unfortunate enough to end up on their mailing list in which they solicit you for money. Uh, their solicitations are terrible. I don't really know how they make money, I, but they do. And that is basically their sole purpose. Their sole They're purpose the official arm of the Democratic Party. They build the party platform. They mm-hmm. fundraise with party donors. They are the repository of presidential and I think other federal level campaign data. They coordinate with the national media, which is what Debbie Wasserman Schultz and what's her name from CNN also did. In any case, let's not get into DWS, please, God. But basically, their primary point is just fundraising. They're pretty much useless, I would say. I would say in the RNC, the Republicans' version is almost equally useless. The difference is that the Republicans have this giant system of political grassroots um, organizations that are funded by the Koch brothers, basically. Also churches. Um, well, Democrats have churches, too, so let's not go there. But um, We have black churches. They have black yes, churches. that is, that is and Hispanic, that's what I meant. But um, let's continue. So the Republicans, they have, they have these multi-billion dollar um, organizations. You'll know them for like such cashy terms like Americans for Prosperity, and American Crossroads, American Crossroads, G- yeah, American Crossroads, Crossroads, GPS, something else. But American, but they, uh, they really are the people who set policy. It's not the RNC. 
the Democrats, and they're funded by incredibly wealthy people who want to remake America in. So what the, is your basically? Solution? That is not what the Democrats have. The Democrats just have the DNC, and the DNC basically just um, raises money from wealthy people. That's all they do. They're not particularly good at their jobs. They don't really have much of a purpose. So what the DNC should be doing is creating grassroots activism in the model of like Crossroads and American for Prosperity. In that model, that's what the DNC should be after, but less dependent on Koch brothers and more dependent on grassroots donations. It sounds hard, but that is what they should be doing. They right. should be working on creating a grassroots movement. Like, you know, there are these great democratic organizations like, um, like America Flip Vote and like, um, whatchamacallit? Uh, Resist New York, um, uh, Antifa. Antifa. Um, no, 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 you don't say that. That's terrible. <laughs> My God. That was a bit of a joke. <laughs> Thank you for that. Just derailing this. But there, there are good democratic organizations out there, but they really don't have much influence or money right now. So the DNC should be supporting them and trying to build up a grassroots movement. Because what we have is an engaged people who want to be engaged but don't have any way to be engaged, really. And... The DNC instead is doing nothing. <laughs> Can I suggest my solution to the DNC? We, and as a me... populist, need to stop caring about the DNC. DNC, cut out the middleman. You are unnecessary, and nobody needs you. You are doing your party harm, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz killed you. Swing left is also, that's what I was trying to think of. Move on. There are plenty of great political organizations. The truth is, the things the Democratic ACLU Party is turning into another one. In fact, needs the DNC for you're absolutely right is fundraising, coordinating with the media, collating a database of campaign uh, respondents. All of that bullshit they do poorly, or it can be done by private firms, by a DNC that doesn't have a national political profile. That's just a budget office, yeah. basically. What the DNC's purpose is, is to fundraise money from large donors, period. End of story. Anything else that they do is either unimportant or vaguely corrupt, which is why people got so upset. It's a bigger waste of time than caring about a Trump, Trump tweet. being reliant on large donors. They need to. Well, it's over. The Democratic solutions. Party is not going to be reliant on large donors. Can't be. It's it cannot not, be. No. It is and it cannot be. Right. It I cannot be. Agree. Democrats, listen, you cannot be reliant on large donors. You will lose. We have proven that unequivocally. If you spend your time being reliant on large donors, you will lose. If you cannot generate grassroots enthusiasm and grassroots money to combat Republican large donations, you will lose. Yep. It is a symptom of a disease. So... It should have been Ellison. Yes. So basically, we, because again, we have this useless, purposeless organization. Um, what is its purpose? It has none. And so, the no, Sanders... It has a purpose. Sanders raising of, money from large donors. It is, in the current model of politics, a very important purpose. The problem for the Democrats is that raising large money from donors is not going to work with their base and with their platform. And they're going to have to stop doing it pretty soon on the national level. At the local level, they no, will no, still no, be perfectly happy that. to do it. They had to stop doing it years ago, and they didn't. Right. And they, they lost this national election, in great part, 
because of that. On the local level, it will still be important, and the DNC absolutely has a role in that. On top of that, every single state has their own democratic committee. There's a national branch to it, and then every single state has their own committee. Those should not go away, not necessarily. They should no. operate differently. But the national, what we're talking about is the national DNC with the national profile, and that should go away. Um, or it needs to act. Stop completely. having a profile. If it you don't want to understand, stop different. having a profile. Well, they could have a protest, help organize protests, help organize town halls, help. Yeah, they don't do that, though. Help push for specific policy on a state level. Like, they those are the things that. they need to do. Those are not the things they do. All right, so let's go to, it should have been Allison. So here is a further symptom of the disease. Basically, the Sanders wing said the DNC is terrible. It was corrupt. It screwed over Bernie Sanders. I will, like, it's sort of a useless point. I don't think it's, it's specifically true that true. Bernie Sanders lost because of the DNC. It is because it's so useless and incompetent. But like, not, no, 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 no. It is absolutely untrue that Bernie Sanders lost because of the DNC. But it is Bernie still, Sanders is lost because Hillary Clinton won the popular vote in the Democratic primary, period. And, and the reason the Democratic uh, elite voted for her so heavily was because they thought they had the winner on their hands. They were wrong. However, that being said, the DNC absolutely colluded in improper ways and corrupt ways whether or not it had an effect on the overall result is irrelevant. And what is relevant is that the Sanders wing said, this is corrupt. We're going to install somebody who agrees with Bernie Sanders' politics. Um, Sanders, basically, yeah. to change the DNC. was championed by Sanders before he was championed by any of the Sanders and wing. He, Although he was later championed by people like Chuck Schumer and moderate Democrats too, because yeah. they understand that they have basically there's a ton of animosity towards the Democrats choice. because they did everything they could, which isn't a lot, but they did everything they could to ensure that Hillary Clinton won and Bernie Sanders lost, and that is not false. They did everything they could, and then Hillary Clinton went on to lose the election, and their primary justification was. Hillary Clinton will win the election against Donald Trump. We can't take the risk. We have to do everything we can because we can't take the risk of somebody as far left as Bernie Sanders um, losing. It's a lot of why yeah. I voted for Hillary. Yeah. And they were wrong. And they were catastrophically wrong. So incredibly wrong. Long enough yeah. to screw over our country for years and years and years and years to come. And they have been wrong. Million many, people many years. Wrong. They have Whatever the secret Iraqi sauce translators. in America is, they do not have it because they are the weakest position in history since Reconstruction, which was right after the Civil War. That is the, they have lost an astronomical... A thousand seats since state 2008. House legislatures, governorships, senator. They've lost the Senate. They've lost the House. It's really incredible. So they have absolutely no legitimacy. They have no ground to stand on. They should have no political capital whatsoever. Anyway, so that basically they said, we're going to remake the DNC to be something productive. Would Ellison have been able to do it? I don't know. I really don't know. But that was... Not from the DNC. Oh. Again, the DNC can't remake shit. They raise money 
from large donors, and they give it to Ellison wouldn't have been raising money from large donors. Because as we saw very clearly, large donors don't like Ellison. So. Well, I think that was absolutely part of why Ellison lost. So, yes. In return, the Clinton-Obama wing said, well, we are not going to let ourselves be taken over by Bernie Sanders, crazy whatever, liberals. People are extremely liberal and will make us uncompetitive. And they ran Tom Perez, I'm sure a lovely person, but somebody who was covered in Hillary Clinton's stink. Covered from head to toe in Hillary Clinton's sink as Hillary Clinton does not have sink. She is a lovely lady and a smart woman. One of her potential and Tom Perez was, was one of her potential a Clinton supporter, but a left-leaning supporter. and good, hard-working individual. Sure. Somebody who will not be able to make the DNC productive, I'm sure. Somebody who will spend a lot of time raising money from lobbyists and donors. All right. Yes. And... So they ran him, basically, only to beat Ellison. And unsurprisingly, being that it is only Democratic politicos who vote, he won, although in a squeaker. And it was deeply stupid, because you know what the Democrats should have said is... Fine. Appoint Ellison. fine. This shit doesn't do anything. We are a broken, deeply, deeply broken... Give yourselves a win, you idiots. We don't need to screw over the Bernie Sanders wing. We need these people desperately. If we want to have any hope at the future, we need these people raising money. We need these people talking. We need these people organizing. We need these people fighting for us. And instead they said, fuck you. That's what they said. Over something completely unimportant and irrelevant. It is so stupid. It is so completely so false. I don't blame regular people for reading the news and not realizing that the DNC is unimportant. It sounds important. No, it's talked about a lot. Well, I do, yeah. I blame the elected officials for making it a big issue for themselves. They know that it's unimportant. They know Basically. that the money, the function of the DNC is going to run almost exactly the same with Keith Ellison as it will with Tom Perez. And really, all they are doing is asserting power over people who they feel do not represent them but who are very important to their future. It would be like if you, let's say you cheated on your girlfriend and she was really mad at you. So you bought her a bouquet and you were supposed to give her the bouquet, but instead you took a shit on the bouquet and you shoved it in her face. That is what they just did, Bernie Sanders voters. All right, they cheated on Bernie Sanders' voters, then they shot on the bouquet that they were going to give to make it up, and they shoved it in Bernie Sanders' voters' faces. And then they're like, well, we're better than Trump. You better vote for us, you assholes. Which is exactly what they did with Hillary Clinton. At least we're better than Trump. Vote for us, you assholes. Well, you know what? Maybe they will vote for you, but they're not going to fundraise. They're not going to raise money for you. They're not going to go out and knock on people's doors. Yeah. And get and people we'll to vote. They're not going to register people to vote. They're not going to help people get driver's licenses because now they need fucking driver's licenses to vote. They're not going to do this shit for you because you shoved a bouquet full of shit in their face. Yeah. All right? And you need them to because you're the Democratic Party and they don't are what you shit do. on the bouquet. What you Democratic don't Party. is Sheryl Sandberg giving you $18 million. It's not going to do shit for you, okay? We are so fucked. That's all I can say. We are so fucked. Okay. I'm going to give you two minutes to talk about a thing, and I'm going to talk about a thing. You know, bring knowledge to the people, Ben. To the people. I'm going to talk talk about a thing called voting rights in America. Because this is a thing that a lot of people... What are voting rights in America? 
a lot of people don't understand. I think that I have some experience with, and a thing that people who even Republicans and Democrats could agree on this if they weren't told lies. So we as a country are currently, because Republicans are in control, and because minorities and poor, the poorest Americans tend to vote for Democrats, Republicans are doing everything they can to prevent these people from voting. Um, and their primary tool to do this is requiring people to get licenses from the DMV in order to vote. And that might not sound like a lot to you because you have a How license. How do they do that? Explain voter ID laws. They pass a law, which, so every state, this is how our country is set up. Every state controls how you vote, all right? And up until oh, 2010, maybe, 2010, there was this law that we passed in the 1960s because up until the 1960s, yeah, Martin Luther Black King washed, not marched on Washington for it. The Voting yes. Rights Act in 1965. Huge amount of people were beaten. Huge amount of people were arrested to get this right to vote. All right, so there's this- We all need to explain this, Jim Crow. People know about Jim Crow. Some people don't. There's this law passed that said basically the federal government will control voting in the southern states because the South has proved that it is not able it to lost, ensure- It's why you can't have nice things, right so. It's in our constitution since the Civil War. So okay. in 2010, the Supreme Court decided that racism was over. And let's just say five members, the Republicans on the Supreme Court, because yeah. the Supreme they Court- They ruled that the Voting Rights Act was a redundant law in their, that in their was created for a situation opinion. that no longer exists. Yeah, they said that racism is over, in their majority opinion, basically, to paraphrase. This is not an issue anymore. Of course, of course, of course, it is still an issue. It's total bullshit. So state legislatures have passed these laws that say you need a license to vote. All right, well, you think that's reasonable because you have a license and everybody you know has a license. And because you need a license to do all sorts of things like open a bank account, like to get I your job, know. to do all sorts of things. But here's the reality, which is a lot of people, particularly people who live in cities, do not drive. They don't drive because they can't afford a car because they don't need the car. So they don't drive. A lot of people who are poor don't have bank accounts because they live paycheck to paycheck. They don't need bank accounts, all right? A lot of people in America don't have licenses. And asking them to get a license, it's an onerous demand on somebody's constitutional right. Where do, who do they make these demands on, Ben? Where, where are these laws being passed? So these laws are passed in only states that have Republican majorities. And they come up, they basically lie about voter fraud, which is what Donald Trump does when he says, I didn't lose the popular vote. Five million people voted for me that were illegal, or voted for Hillary Clinton that were illegal. So I didn't lose the popular vote. They just lie. They just lie and they say, well, we need these licenses because all these illegals are voting. But people, illegals are not voting. It's total bullshit. The only people- This is why the voter fraud argument is important. There is no evidence to support this. It's voter just- Voter fraud is stupid. Here's the other thing. You might also be thinking, I just want to chime in here. You might also be thinking, well, that's not the worst thing. If somebody's going to vote, they ought to come and show that they are who they say they are. But if you remember the last time you voted, you have to register. You have to come. You have to say what your name is and have it checked on the list. And then you're given a ballot. And you're only allowed to fill out one ballot. And you can't just put on a wig and 
sunglasses and a big nose registered. and show up and say, I'm Mark Felt and vote 20 times. You need to be registered. It, you need to be. Otherwise, they don't let you vote. All right? I once was not registered, and I thought I had registered two years earlier. I showed up to vote. They said, you're not registered. I said, all right, well, I'm not voting. That happens. Yeah, you didn't vote that year, Ben. I didn't vote that year. It happens, all right? You need to be registered. In order to be registered, you have to live in the place where you vote. So so, so are they maybe removing the DMVs, Ben? So yes, on top of this. So basically, they say you have to get a license at the DMV. Now, this is onerous because a lot of people don't have the time, they don't have the ability. These are people who maybe work full-time or work two jobs, raising families. They don't have the ability to go to the DMV and get a license when they don't need it. These are people who don't live near a DMV, and obviously, if you don't have a license, you don't have a car, so they have no easy way to get to the DMV. So you are putting an onerous restriction on people's uh, constitutional right to vote, to have a say in their politics, people who want to have a say. Um, where was I going with this? So on top of all of that, Republicans are closing down DMVs in majority black neighborhoods. Shocker, because that is the purpose of this law. It is to prevent minorities and the poorest people from voting. Um, Will the Supreme Court be able to stop them? No, because they gutted the, the Voting Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act. So probably not. That I'm not sure that's up. clear cut. They may still be stopped by... They might be able to stop them from closing down, um, like, DMVs and black neighborhoods and things so egregious. But as far as stopping them from requiring licenses to vote, my guess is they won't. Yeah. Particularly because we have a Republican majority on the Supreme Court for the foreseeable future, and these are the people who go to the Voting Rights Act, so we know very clearly how they feel. If we got a Democratic majority in the Supreme Court, then yeah, maybe. But that is not going to happen. So. Agreed. Okay. What you need to do is, if you live, I know probably most of you don't, but if you live in a Republican state, when they're voting on these laws, call your state legislature, call your state senator and your state congressman. They, these people will respond to you. These people, they only have several thousand constituents or whatever. They care. All right? Yeah. They, they actually have, do they change their minds, too. These people are not generally career politicians. Sometimes they are, but even so, they... They have accountability. Are. They have to. They have to care because one person who dislikes them and starts raising money against them and starts canvassing for their opponent, that one person can actually have an effect on their seat. So they actually have to care about you. But yeah, these votes are wrong. I used to work in a very poor town as a cashier and we passed a law that required you to ID everybody, regardless of their age, for liquor, and a lot of my customers did not have ID. A lot of them don't drive. A lot of people who don't have money don't drive. It's not a shocker. And this wasn't a city. This was a place where you really, you know, it was hard to get around without a car. So in a city, it's going to be a lot more people. And if you're from rural Vermont, you know how much you need a car. There is no public transportation of almost any kind in rural Vermont. A lot of those people still did not have licenses. It happens. It's hard to get a license. It's, in a lot of states, particularly Vermont, it's hard to get a license. It, DMVs are difficult to deal with. A lot of these people don't have birth certificates. A lot of these people don't have their social security card. A lot of these people don't have the things you need to get a license. It's really hard. <laughs> This is more than tangentially related to what my thing was going to be, because it's also connected to voting law. And the reason it's connected to voting law 
Actually, no, I will get there. But I want to start with this. If you're in New York, this is primarily for you. But there are states all over this country where this is true. 17 and 16 year olds are being treated like adults in the country. New York. This is basically every state in the country, other than a few Almost very liberal states. Every state in the country, it's 17 year olds are being treated as adults in the eyes of the law when they commit a crime. It's called the age of criminal responsibility. For most states, I believe it's 17. For New York and South Carolina, it is 16. For a number of other states, um, I do think that it's 18, but I, I don't know. It actually exactly. depends on the crime, though, because like a murder, if you murder somebody when you're very young, like if you're a tween, let's say you murder somebody when you're 12 or 11, they'll prosecute you as an adult. It depends on the crime. Yeah, it can. So, so. New York and South Carolina are one of two states where the age of criminal responsibility is 16. Now, you might be thinking, okay, but what if that's a 16-year-old rapist or a 16-year-old murderer? Which, fine. However, A, we have laws for juvenile rapists and juvenile murderers. They exist. There's no reason that we need to try them as adults to have laws about those things. And secondly, the vast majority in prison are not violent offenders. Vast, vast majority. They are drug addicts and petty criminals. And when I was 16, I was smoking weed. When I was 16, I was drinking underage. And the fact that were I black in New York and I had been caught drinking underage, I could be tried as an adult is mind-bogglingly stupid. Now, there's something that can be done about it. It's a local political measure and it's impactful. Yeah, I think we need to talk about the racial component to this, which yeah. is, that these laws are predominantly used, predominantly used to lock up black men in America, Latino men too, at a young age. That's what they're used for. Law enforcement does this. They lock up minorities at a young age. We can talk about why that is, how that is, in a different podcast, but that is what they're used for in America today. And once you're locked up in many, many states, while you're on parole or while you're on probation, in most states in America, at least while you're on parole and probation, you are not allowed to vote. But in 10 states in America, you lose the vote permanently when you are locked up. Can, ben, can you guess what some of those states where some of them might be? Those are going to be predominantly in Republican states. Yes, In states sure. with a history of voter discrimination and with attempts to prevent racial minorities, predominantly African-Americans, from voting. Except for the interesting inclusion of Delaware and the questionable nature of Nevada, which is a little bit of both, they're, the other eight are all Republican. But what region would you think they might, many of them, be from? It's going to be the Deep South. Yep. It's going to be the deep we got your Alabama, your Mississippi, your Kentucky. Anyway, not your Florida. South. Florida has the Tennessee. politics of the Deep South at a state level, but the politics of a swing state at the national level. So I truly believe when it comes to the case of some of these states, Georgia, Florida, if people who had served their sentence for their crime were then given the right to vote, as they should be because they have been uh, served what we have determined to be justice, Hillary Clinton would be president. That being said, 
is more than just a voting rights issue. There was a boy, his name was Khalif Browder. He was sentenced to five years for stealing a pair of shoes. I think he was let out in three. He attempted to commit suicide a number of times while in Rikers, and eventually, I think after two years, committed suicide. And I don't know what his mental health status would have been, but it can't have helped to have been locked in jail for a petty, stupid crime as a teenager. And I saw his- traumatic yeah especially at a young age they're meant to be when life is already hard these are people we're locking up in prison a a traumatic experience at a very young age it is wrong it is immoral and people for for the crime of possessing marijuana which people all across the country do for the crime of stealing shoplifting or stealing a pair of shoes and we are Ruining these people's lives. I saw Khalif Browder's mother speak. She was an incredible woman. She died recently. She fought hard for Raise the Age. That's the name of the movement that has been trying to change this law in New York. They finally passed the House of Representatives. It's going to the state Senate now, where it's going to meet real opposition because um, the young black juveniles who are the victims of this law are not primarily from upstate, but the men and women who work in the carceral system are. And so they have a vested interest in support for the prison industry. And Uh, keeping the prison population up. Oh, exactly. I was trying to find a diplomatic way of saying that. So some organizations, EXALT, uh, E-X-A-L-T, you can go to raisetheage.com. It is a local political measure where you can really make a difference in people's lives, and I recommend it to absolutely everybody. Okay, that's my thing. Now that we've done that, we're going to move on to our next segment, long-running segment on uh, pineapple politics, which is we're going to sum up in one sentence how Donald Trump's presidency has gone up to this point. It's been about 60 days. Ben, you got one? Why don't you start, being that you already thought of one? Okay, so when I invented this long-running segment, I have to admit that I did just pop into my brain a sentence to sum it up, which is, anthropomorphized Egg McMuffin hates Muslims. We all know Evan McMullen is the true Egg McMuffin of politics. But if you think about the color. And that... I mean that in the most loving way. It really does evoke a certain Trumpian. Also... While I'm on corny jokes like that, did you know that Trump yeah. Ryan cannot be spelled without the words tan rump? Ew. 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 That's <laughs> disgusting. I'm sorry, does Donald Trump's buttocks obsess you, sir? It does. Okay, now your turn. One sentence, sum up Trump's presidency so far. Donald does DC. Yeah, fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on to our next segment. Oh, you want another crack at it? We're giving him another crack, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't really thought about this, but uh, President Donald Trump, exactly as incompetent as he has always been. That sounds about right. Too accurate, but otherwise pretty good. Let me yeah. let me take another crack. Donald Trump realizing doesn't love the poor and uneducated as much as he thought he did. <laughs> Kellyanne Conway joins cult for stress relief. Crazy nationalists take power. Fat old rich man 
goes golfing in Florida. More like watches cable news. And then goes golfing in Florida. All right. All right. Let's move on. None of mine were good. (laughs) Moving on to our next segment. Is it real or is it bullshit? (laughs) Ben, are you drinking a beer right now while we pop? I am absolutely drinking a beer. And one of my best traits is that whenever I drink anything carbonated, I burp. Ben has a touch of acid reflux. These are the things we know about each other that other podcast hosts just do won't not be able know to and do not need to know. All right, let's continue. <laughs> All right, is it real or is it bullshit? In this segment, Jacob reads a headline to me. I say if it's real or if it's bullshit, and then we argue about it. This will be great. All right, okay. go. All right, I'm typing. So let's also pull up some headlines. headlines. Spicer, Trump didn't mean wiretapping when he tweeted about wiretapping. Is this real or is this bullshit? Bullshit. bullshit. It doesn't even need discussion. The whole the whole wiretapping thing is classic Trump bullshit. Okay. There will be no consequences to this. There should be no consequences to this. It's just him saying bullshit. He says bullshit. He's a 70-year-old. Bullshitter. Incredibly oh. insecure. Racist old man. I actually He's feel a little just... bad for him. Yeah. Yeah, okay, like personality level. He doesn't need our fucking pity, but no. he just says bullshit. It's just what he's meant to do. He's a literal walking embodiment of cable news. All he says is bullshit. Continue. Sadly, yeah. we don't disagree. I'm just going to say I think the whole thing is bullshit. However, if the Congress weren't controlled by Republicans without spines, it might not be bullshit. It might be a real story because there might be a chance in impeachment. But since there's no chance of impeachment, there is it no other still, avenue. He's not going to get impeached for saying stupid shit. No. He's not going to get elected for saying shit. stupid shit. Why would you get impeached? All right, moving on. Bush made up a, a reason to go to war, committed war crimes. Whoa there. Sunk our country into Whoa death. there. Okay, torture is a war crime. Let's continue. However, we come from a town that voted to impeach George W. Bush. Granted, no, you might say a town voted, voted voted to arrest him for crimes against humanity. I think. Yeah, you're actually right. The town can't do either of those things, but they try. No, but you can tell we come from a <laughs> such a representative view of America. That's oh yeah, it. we've seen it all. We've seen it all. Well, now I live in Louisiana, so some contrast, a little contrast. You live yeah. in New York. Yeah, please. you're you're a real paragon of diversity. Okay, moving on. Next. Headline, is it real or is it bullshit? Breaking, FBI Director Comey may go public on Trump-Russia probe. Real, but I don't care. You don't care about the whole Russia thing? Or we care thing? so, we just, we care way too much about the Russia thing. We care yeah. way, way too much about the Russia thing. Here's what's gonna happen with the Russia thing. Let me, let me explain to you very, nothing. Nothing is gonna happen with the Russia thing. And Democrats are acting like this is gonna bring down the Trump presidency because we don't, because they don't wanna face the real issues they have in the party. They're acting like the Russia thing is gonna be Watergate. It's gonna bring Trump down. It will not bring Trump down. They're not gonna find the smoking gun, the smoking bullet, whatever that stupid expression is. There is no hidden bullet here. The Trump-Russia thing will not bring him down. It's just gonna drag on and on and on. It's a way for Democrats not to address the fundamental issues that they have. And yeah, that's why I don't care. It's, it's basically a fraction. there is absolutely and it is possibility. Not, it, what it is not going to do is convince people who are moderate or Republicans to vote for Democrats. It's not. It's not going to peel Trump supporters away. It's a way for liberals to get angry 
and honestly, nobody else gives a shit. Like, I, and I don't want to say the only thing we should care about is what Trump voters care about or what moderates care about, but it's bullshit. It is really bullshit. It's not going to have an effect on our lives. The reality is that it is just a crutch for Democrats not to address fundamental issues they have because they're incapable of addressing it because the party is not structured to address the issues that they have. So they use this Trump shit as a crutch, much like what Republicans did against Bill Clinton with Monica Lewinsky. It's not a huge difference. All right. Okay. I'm going to go on the other way because while there are merits to the things you just said, especially the fact that voters are not going to vote for Democrats because of the Russia issue, there is absolutely the possibility of an impeachable offense somewhere in this mess. Just to recap what has been, we have Michael Flynn resigning over promising the Russian government to repeal sanctions. We have Paul Manafort resigning from running the Trump campaign after being paid $12 million under, or after it being discovered that he had been paid $12 million by a pro-Russian Ukrainian dictator under the table. We have pro-Turkey consultants working in the White House. We have the Attorney General having met with a Russian ambassador and spy. We have a FISA order for four Russian bank accounts tied to the Trump campaign. We have Roger Stone saying that he, he expected leaks to happen to a Clinton campaign official right before the protest. Roger happened. Stone was in communication with Guccifer, who was the hacker who supposedly hacked the DNC that's often thought as a cover for Russian intelligence agencies. The point is, there is a lot of smoke here, and the possibility of a fire should not be discarded. It's real. No. There okay. is a very real chance that the smoking gun, which I personally believe exists, I'm not much one for conspiracy theories, but I really do think that Trump has some personal relationship with people in the Russian oligarchy and some areas of shared interest with the Russian regime. I think those things are clear. I do think that the smoking gun will be very hard to find and it may be that nothing comes of this. But continued pressure on House Republicans to do their job and investigate it makes perfect sense to me. You know what's a good message? Trump is corrupt. Trump does not actually care about Americans. He's corrupt. He's beholden to business interests, be they business interests abroad or business interests at home. Trump is a tool for Wall Street and for oligarchs around the world. Okay, that's a good message. You know what's a bad message? Trump is a Russian operative who got peed on by a prosecutor. Well, the peed on by the prosecutor, that's a good message, but we're never going to see That's a lovely, it. lovely message. Let's explain that to the people. What happens then? All right. Well, there was a dossier leaked by a British spy who went to ground after it was leaked. So a British spy went to ground, which sounds like the most ridiculous sentence you would ever hear if you didn't realize we elected Donald Trump president, over a dossier. The dossier he leaked contained numerous allegations of Trump's ties to Russia, to Russian intelligence and to the Russian government. In it, they said they had compromat. Now we all get to know various Russian disinformation terms like compromat. Great term. Great term. All right. Russians, obviously Russian is a better language than English. Um, compromat on Trump, which said that he, the Russians, he went to Russia, I don't know, in the aughts, sometime in the aughts, over business interests, while at a hotel, uh, Russians installed cameras to spy on Trump, and he hired prostitutes to pee on him. 
for those of you who don't know, which I'm sure is few, we're talking to millennials here, there's such a thing known as a golden shower, which is a common sexual kink in which a prostitute or a sexual partner or a loved one pees on you. Not to um, judge anyone, because no judgment on anyone, but common is a strong word. It is a existent, an existent sexual kink. All right, well, we're coming, you know what, we're coming at this from different perspectives. Let's continue. Is it real or is it bullshit? Top headline from the New York Times. Trump wrote off $100 million in losses in 2005. Leaked forms show. This bullshit. came from Rachel Maddow. Bullshit. If people cared, they would have cared during the election. People don't care. I feel like you're missing a real opportunity to lay into Rachel, Rachel Maddow on this one, Ben. So Rachel Maddow, a couple of hours that, ago, a couple hours ago, says that she has Trump tax returns. What it turns out she has is two pages of a 1040 from 2005 showing that Trump paid about 20-something percent in income Trump tax. probably leaked to her. It said oh, client definitely copy leaked to her. It said client copy on it. Trump would be the only client for his uh, tax return. Something tells me it's not just lying around, so he definitely leaked it to and her. And she treated it like... I didn't watch. I was oh. doing human things. <laughs> like Dobby the fucking house elf receiving a sock just with the most fucking purity of purpose sanctimonious innocent shit rather than be like why do I have this what does it mean what should I do about it maybe I should sit on it for a day no just go on there and make it seem like you hit the jackpot with bullshit that Trump probably leaked to you so infuriating this is why, all right, this is why liberals are losing everything. Let me just start. This is Rachel Maddow. You are why we are falling apart. This country is falling apart because liberals cannot get their shit together. Let me explain. Sean Hannity, when Sean Hannity wakes up and looks in the mirror, this is what he thinks. He thinks, I want to be powerful. I want to be like that all right, this is going to be an obscure fucking reference, but I want to be that political commentator from the dystopian future in Viva Vendetta. I want to be a person so completely God, in the know. pursuit of power that I have no morals left whatsoever. Every day I wake up and purge myself of any morals I could have. All right? It's a strong bargaining position. Continue. What does Major Maddow think when she wakes up in the morning? She thinks... I want to be a great journalist on television with the best ratings. That's You're not what she singing it. Thinks. You have to be what? singing it. She's a liberal. She's singing it. I want to have great ratings, and I want all the liberal public to think I'm a journalist. Yeah, that's, that's what she's thinking. Oh, repute. Oh, Rachel Maddow, it's so nice to have you on the pod. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. All right. So, And that is why we're failing, because Rachel Maddow... She ben pushes Matt. agenda. We're failing because of Rachel Maddow. That is, that is the strongest woman blaming I have seen since people you know blamed you know everything. We're going to get to woman Clinton. blaming. We're going to get to blaming Hillary Clinton, who actually deserves to be blamed, unlike no, Rachel doesn't. Maddow. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. Continue. <laughs> Jacob, if ever there was a person in history who deserves to be blamed... If ever there was a person in history who deserves to be blamed, 
It's Hillary Clinton. Let me just let me just list a couple people in history for you. Genghis Khan, Hitler, Jack the Ripper. Stop. All right, let's continue. I'm standing by my statement. Let's continue. Really? They all have been blamed amply. Really? Jack the Ripper has been blamed amply. H. H. Holmes, John Wayne Gacy, showing off. Come Ted on, Bundy. Come on, keep going. Keep going. The Unabomber. This is awful. This is terrible content. Terrible content. Continue. Really? Me just listing serial killers? Uh, yeah. Son of Sam. I'm gonna hang up on you if you don't keep this. If you keep this up. Al Qaeda. I just want you to admit that people who deserve to be blamed in history. Hillary Clinton is really far down the list. Not even on the list, frankly. She's not on the list. She doesn't deserve to be blamed. And if she did deserve to be blamed, it wouldn't be at the sort of level of all history. Just say yes. We're talking specifically about women blaming, and not one person you mentioned was a woman. I'll leave it at that. Let's continue. Well, that is just just returning <laughs> to sexism. Okay, well, let's continue. That was terrible, terrible content. Let's continue. I thought it was great content. All right, would you like to do more Is It Real or Is It Bullshit? No, I think we're good. Let's, let's call it a day. Okay, we've probably subjected people to enough of this. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, thank you for tuning in, America. If you uh, if you liked what you heard, if you thought, yeah, these guys, yeah, they're, they're at least they're better than the Young Turks. Give us a rating. Tell us that. If you think we're worse than the Young Turks, tell us that too, and we will stop. We won't keep doing this if you think we're worse than the Young Turks. So let us know. All right. Uh, have a good one, far. guys. Yeah. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening in. If you have anything you'd like us to talk about, to investigate, any responses to what we've said here, please reach out to us and have a great day. Yeah, we do. We have an extensive uh, investigative bureau as an extension of Pineapple Politics, so let us know and we will Hardy, we'll har, get, we'll har, get our, All right, give him a sign-off, Ben. <laughs> give him a sign-off. Checking out from the apocalypse, this is Pineapple Politics with the Knapp Brothers.